You're listening to The Message from the Hillsborough United Methodist Church, our weekly sermon broadcast available for working around the home, your commute, or wherever God calls you to listen. As I mentioned in the announcements, it is the beginning of the season of Ordinary Time, and it is more specifically than that, Trinity Sunday. Happy Trinity Sunday! It snuck up on us once again. You know, you get ready all year, and then suddenly it's here, and you didn't even know it was coming. And if you didn't get me a Trinity Sunday gift, that's okay. I don't need to pack more stuff. You should have seen the crowd of people at Albert's this morning looking for Trinity Sunday cards to give their loved ones. They'd forgotten to. Trinity Sunday, the least known day of the Christian year, maybe. It's not really a holiday. It's a day in the lectionary, this first Sunday after Pentecost, when the lectionary readings sort of highlight the Christian doctrine of the Trinity, Trinitarian nature of God, the three-in-one nature of God. And it's a little bit challenging if you're in charge of picking those scriptures because there is no place in scripture that you can turn to and read and says, now God is three-in-one and one substance and three persons, etc. That's not in the Bible directly. It's a doctrine that we have, depending on who you ask, either created, or received. But either way, it's not explicitly laid out in Scripture, although there are places in Scripture that highlight the mysterious, hard-to-grasp nature of who God is. For those of you that are on Facebook, I posted this morning a a short little video that you often see around St. Patrick's Day, called St. Patrick's Bad Analogies, of St. Patrick explaining to these poor Irish farmers the Trinity of God, and it's well worth watching. It's all of like three minutes long, so it's a cartoon. It's kind of funny. This is Trinity Sunday, and so we've read twice now Scripture. I'm going to read one more passage of Scripture for you, because all good things on Trinity Sunday come in threes. You might know and remember that the beginning of the Gospel of John begins with that sort of poetic, theological, sort of interesting opening. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, etc., etc., etc. Remember that part? The Greek word there, thanks, Gan. Gan does remember that part, so do others. But Gan was the one who said it verbally, so he gets the call out. That word in Greek, the word word, is logos, which doesn't just mean word in the same way that English means word, because in translation, some of the subtleties and connotations are often lost. Lost. It, it suggests more than just word. It means logic and design and plan and blueprint. 
it echoes a lot of things more than just language, concept. John there in that passage at the beginning of his gospel is echoing some ideas that he has known and understood from the Jewish scriptures. The idea that there is an eternal wisdom present in God's creation. And here in Proverbs, I invite you to hear from the eighth chapter, some of the language and theology that John grounds his introduction to his gospel in. Does not wisdom call? And does not understanding raise her voice on the heights beside the way? At the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out, To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all that live. The Lord created me at the beginning of God's work, the first of God's acts of long ago. Ages ago I was set up, at the first when the beginning, before the beginning of the earth, when there were no depths, I was brought forth, when there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. When God had not yet made earth and fields of the world's first bits of soil, when God established the heavens, I was there. When God drew a circle on the face of the deep, when God made the skies above, when God established the fountains of the deep, when God assigned this to the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress God's command, when God marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master worker. And I was daily God's delight, rejoicing before God always, rejoicing in God's inhabited world and delighting in the human race. In Proverbs and other places in Scripture, wisdom is personified as this sort of pre-existent emanation of God, present at the beginning of all creation, and it's that wisdom, that insight, that logic, that undergirding of God's whole extraordinary creation that echoes the goodness and beauty of God. It's Trinity Sunday. And I promise you will not get a long and lengthy conversation or sermon about the theological claims of the Trinity. But I do want to say that the Trinity is not intended to be some kind of clear and obvious, understandable, accessible, logical kind of explanation of who God is. It has always been intended to be mystery which draws us in rather than explanation that solves the question. The idea of a three-in-one God who is both Father, Son, and Spirit who is also one Godhead, co-equal, etc., 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 blah, 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 blah. It sounds weird when you try to explain it, doesn't it? <coughs> Excuse me. It does sound weird when you try to explain it because it's not intended to be clear and obvious in the same way that reason often 
works. It's intended to be evocative and mysterious. I saw on Facebook Memories this morning that this is the 12th anniversary of my ordination. June 12th, 2010, I was ordained. Which, if you look at a chart, tracks pretty closely with the downfall of the United Methodist Church. (laughs) We've really struggled since then. We were doing okay for about 300 years. It's a long process to get to ordination. You don't just show up one day. One of the earliest big steps is that you become a Uh, what is the word? A certified candidate for ministry. You have felt a call from God. You go and talk to your pastor and they go, I guess so. And then you meet with your church and they go, sure. And then you go and meet with the district committee on ordained ministry. It's not the conference board of ordained ministry, but the district committee. This is before you get, and they sometimes will ask you some questions. And I was in North Texas still. I was back there when I became, went to my district committee on ordained ministry to be a certified candidate. And I went to a room and there were about 25 people arranged in this big rectangle of long tables in their chairs. And many of them looked like this. (laughs) That's how I remember them anyway. And they asked a bit about my story and about my call. And then one guy over in the corner, I don't remember who he was, but he's a jerk and a bad pastor, I'm guessing, says, Clay, how would you explain the Trinity in a children's sermon? I wouldn't. Why would you explain the Trinity? That's not what I said. Because that was not the answer that he was looking for, I didn't think. I wish I had said, why would you explain the Trinity in a children's sermon? But instead I tried, well, you know, and I gave up some answer and whatever. But the Trinity is not intended to be an explanation that you can offer in a children's sermon or a grown-up sermon or in volumes of theological work. Our building is making strange noises. I don't know if you can hear that online, but like, it's kind of growling, it sounds like. Theology is not intended, the theology of the Trinity especially, is not intended to give us a definitive answer, but rather to be a mystery that draws us in. We are not sort of theological Scooby-Doo gangs. To solve the mystery and go, oh, well, now we know who God is, and we take the mask off the bad guy at the end. Oh, God was there the whole time. It is a mystery inviting us to explore and to play and to think. There was a time when God's people believed that the earth was mostly flat, that there was a giant sort of dome of glass over the earth, and beyond that, was a bunch of water, which is why the sky is blue and water is blue. And beyond that water, beyond the dome, way up in the sky, that's where God lived. Now we got to a point 
when we realize, in fact, the Earth is round and that that thing out there, the sky, is not made of glass, you can go beyond it and get out into space. It's not water out there, it's a reflection of light. You, you, you get it. But coming to the, a new understanding of what the Earth and the creation were like, does not need to end our engagement with who God is. It just means that we got something wrong. If we had said definitively, God lives just beyond the sky, and you get beyond the sky and God's not there, that ends your engagement and conversation and exploration of finding and seeking the face of God. But if God is much more interesting than that, if God is an invitation to explore and to learn and to know, to stand at the edge of the ocean and gasp and wonder, then learning something new about creation is not the end of our faith. I can't explain the Trinity very well to you. But I can say that God is far more mysterious and beautiful and wondrous than any explanation we can come up with. The image on the front of our bulletin is the supernova some dozens of light years away. And some scientists looked at that and said, ah, they come up with names for supernovas. They come up with like scientific names, which are like, 5E341987J. Not very appealing and hard to remember. So they also come up with nicknames. This one, anybody know this particular supernova? You don't have a supernova chart at home and you. It's not the cat's eye. It is the eye of God supernova. Isn't that nice? It does kind of look like God is like. Just one eye though. God is a cyclops staring from light years away. Like It's an evocative, beautiful image. And the more that I see those extraordinary images from, for a long time, the Hubble telescope, now we have a new telescope. I don't know if you've seen the, the James Webb telescope, which is way bigger and way farther out in space and sees way deeper into the farthest reaches of the universe. We're just now starting to get images from that. But the more I see those kinds of images, the more I am awed by the beauty of God's creation, by the mystery of God's creation. There's so much out there that we don't know. So much that we don't understand. Fast radio bursts. What? I know. And if you don't know what those are, they're these little signals that we sometimes hear from way, like millions and millions and millions of miles away. And like a little bloop, bloop, bloop. And then it's gone. And many of them are regular repeating patterns. Five weeks, months, years later, bloop, bloop, bloop. Oh, there it is again. What is that? We don't know. We have theories. And as soon as they start to figure out a theory for what a fast radio burst might be, 
We find another one that doesn't match the theory that we have about what the other ones are. Mm. The world is much more interesting. The universe is much more fascinating. And the God who calls us and loves us stands within and among it all. We don't need to be afraid of the world or the creation of the universe around us. It is vast and wondrous and beautiful. We have too often shrunk our faith down to particular ideas and formulations of theology. But God is much more interesting than that. What I love about the theology of the Trinity is you can't explain it. Not finally, not fully, not in a way that makes you go, oh, well, now I get it. Because we're not meant to. God is not a riddle to be answered or a trivia question to get right. God invites us to explore and reflect and learn and play. And the more we explore and learn and reflect and play, the closer we come to God. Getting stranger sounds in here. Starting to make I think that's like a G. I don't know if that's actually a G, but it's a note. Would somebody go flip off the fan at the very back there before something flies off or out of the vent? The farthest right on the bottom, flip it one to the, there's a little switch at the bottom. This has got to be great fun to watch on the live stream right now. Just keep flipping things until it stops. All right, while they're figuring that out. We are invited, brothers and sisters, to explore and play and wrestle and learn, to grow in our understanding of how the beauty of God's creation, to stand in awe and wonder, and to be amazed. Do you remember that book, and there was a bad movie version of it, I think, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Of course you do. Of course Gan does. So many others, so many good nerds here, right? And it's a story of, uh, you know, there's aliens and there's a guy and whatever. And there's a question about the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. And finally, he gets the answer to life, the universe, and everything, and the answer is... 42. It's kind of an inside joke. It's just, ah, the number is 42. That's the answer to everything. That's what the great computer figures out. There is no magic answer to the meaning of it all. But a trust in a loving God who invites us to explore and learn and grow in love. So go explore and learn and grow, friends. 
Go read the weird sciencey articles. Go learn about how it is that all the bits and pieces at the smallest end of things and the biggest end of things all fit together. Because what you're going to find is that the world and the creation and the universe around us are far more interesting and mysterious. Far more beautiful and wondrous. And in discovering and learning and growing in awe and wonder, we become more faithful. And that, my friends, is the good news. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Hillsborough United Methodist Church. Our senior pastor is Clay Andrew. Our pastor for Las Naciones Hispanic Ministries is Jorge Rodriguez. Our media ministers are Kevin Proctor, Janica Stewart, Perry Hume, Al Dietrich, Christy Proctor, and Dave Rose. Presently, our live stream of services are available at 10 a.m. on the Hillsborough United Methodist Church YouTube page. You can find out more, like us on Facebook, or subscribe to our YouTube at hillsboroughumc.org. Thank you.